guys, and welcome back to another episode. Uh, this is going to be the kickoff to a new series, and uh, just to give you the the good straight away, it is going to be a monologue. So I hope that you are listening to this and prepared to hear me just drone on and on and on about things. Uh, it's not going to be anything bad. We're going to call this series The Road to Adepticon. So the premise of this uh, series of episodes, I'm going to go ahead and do some basic reviews of the tactics decks for various factions. We're going to talk about what those factions like to do and some things to watch out for. So the premise of the show is just to kind of get you as ready as you can for Adepticon. Um, so we're going to kick it right off with a request from indie local John Cash has asked me to review the neutrals basic deck. Um, and then I'll go into Ramsey and Roos as the two primary commanders, and then we'll talk about how some of these cards and things work with neutral builds and what to watch out for in those builds. We won't spend too long on it, but uh, we're just going to give you a basic review. So <clears throat> without further ado, we will start with the first card in the basic deck on the app, Planning and Insight. When a unit is performing a melee attack before rolling attack dice, choose one. This attack deals plus one hit. After rolling defense dice, the defender blocks plus one hit. If you control the letters, or if your commander's unit is the attacker or defender, deal or block plus one hit. So, right off the top, um, as a point of contention on this card, some people would like to debate that the or in this card implies that you can only ever do a maximum of plus two. However, it has been very much answered by Michael Schinnell on the forums. And you, if it's your commander and you own the letters, you would deal or block plus three. Now, that's pretty significant, um, especially in this version of the game where there's just not a whole lot of abilities that are blocking three hits versus like a ranged attack or adding just an auto three hits. Uh, it can be played on a ranged attack or a melee attack. It's a very strong card. So what you're looking for in this card is, I mean, obviously it has offensive and defensive potential. So if they just kind of put a unit in your face and it almost feels reckless, it's probably a good chance that they have this card. Um, you see it bolstering flayed men to keep them around longer, but I personally like to play it on my commander when I've run like Ramsey and Bastards Girls. Blocking three hits with Bastards Girls can be really, really good, and they can end up being misleadingly defensive, and you can get kind of stuck in an engaged combat on the back of this card. It's a really good card. Just keep in mind the trigger is before rolling attack dice. So depending on how much of a stickler you are for your opponents, uh, I've seen a lot of people play this at the wrong trigger. Um, they want to play it like after they roll attack dice or they're wanting to play it, you know, after they see their opponent roll, you, you have to play it before. If you're playing it on the defensive, it has to be played before your opponent ever rolls the dice. So it can be kind of risky whether you kind of waste the card on a fluffed attack or not, but that's the nature of the card. So that's what it is. Moving on, adaptive methods. Um, as we get into the neutrals deck, I think one of the strongest uh strongest factors of this deck is the amount of things that they can do on your turn. So you've got a number of start of enemy turn and start of any turn effects that allow you to do stuff and disrupt what they want to do on their turn. This is one of them. Um, start of any turn. Replace one condition token on any one unit with any other condition token. If you control the letters, you may move one condition token from one unit to any other unit. So right off the bat, immediately... It, this is a card that gets better as you understand how to exploit the card and as you kind of more understand the game. 
Um, so right off the bat, essentially what you can do with this card is they Warcry you. You, you know, in a previous turn, you've got the Panic and Vulnerable on you. Immediately, you are able to turn a Vulnerable into a Panic token. You already have a Panic token, so the Vulnerable essentially disappears. You can do it vice versa. You can take a Weakened off. If you're ready to attack, turn that into a Vulnerable or a Panicked. The big kicker comes from the second effect. If you control the letters, you may remove one condition token from any one unit to another. So basically, I view this as a Warcry hard counter. So you've Warcried me, you've put a Panic and Vulnerable on me. I then go, you know, in the next turn, or however it works out, and I take that Vulnerable token, turn it into a Panic token, which I already have, and then I take my Panic token off and put it on you. So essentially, it's kind of like a three-token swing. I went from having two tokens on me to having zero. Now you have a token on you. This become, this card becomes exponentially more important and more powerful when you're playing Ramsey Commander because Ramsey Commander's cards need panic tokens. This is a very good way to make panic tokens and get them on the enemy, maybe when they're not expecting it. Um, so it can, be, it can be really strong. So I encourage... Uh, if you're playing against a Bolton player and you suspect that he has this card, uh, this situation came up when I was playing John and kind of coaching him through the things that I wanted to do. Even though I failed a panic test, I strongly encouraged him to go ahead and spin the panic token anyway, um, simply because if he didn't, I was going to take that panic token off myself and put it onto him the next turn. So it's something to keep in mind. You might go ahead and expend those tokens if you're playing against Ramsey because of how important panic tokens are in a Ramsey list. So you can end up letting that panic token sit for another turn and it ends up getting put on you and triggers one of Ramsey's really good cards. So just something to keep in mind. Issue commands. When your commander's unit activates, instead of this unit performing an action this turn, target one other friendly unit in long range. It performs one attack or charge action. I think for the most part, issue commands isn't a super new card. It's not something you're unfamiliar with. Um, it can be really powerful in Boltons because they're typically running one or two flayed men. But in my opinion, the the heavy hitter of the cutthroat or of the neutrals faction that's harder to keep alive is the cutthroats. So I like using this card to get my cutthroats in position and then let them charge. Um, cutthroats starting a turn with an attack or starting around with an attack is very devastating. It's not something that you really want to get mixed in with. So there's that element. And then start of any turn, target one friendly combat unit, remove one order token from that unit. They may use that order again this round. So this has pretty heavy implications with Bolton Bastards girls. Um, they're able to charging volley twice in a round. Uh, it can be pretty devastating if the neutrals player has set his bastards girls up in a really good position. It's not really where you want to be. You don't want to deal with charging volley twice. Um, additionally, back to Ramsey Commander. I've had a lot of luck using this strictly to reset Reek's order to dump more panic tokens. Um, it's a pretty flexible card. It can be really good. Outside of that, neutrals don't have a ton of orders. Um, so just watch out for those those abilities there. Worth the risk. When a friendly unit is performing a morale test after rolling dice, that unit may reroll any dice for this test. If that unit is in short range of your commander, it passes this test instead. So it's your it's your standard auto-pass a panic test with the, the kicker for them as being in short range of the commander. Um, when this deck was designed, Michael Chennault mentioned that it was being built around the neutral commander. So that's why you see this uh, short range of the commander. So, of course, that means that the commander can always play this card to auto-pass because they're always in short range of themselves. Uh, it's something that we've seen before. It's a really strong card. Um, 
auto-passing a panic test is huge. Uh, we know this. Meticulous planning. End of the round. Search your tactics deck for one commander tactics card and add it to your hand. Shuffle your deck. Start of any turn if you control the letters. Search your, search your tactics deck for one commander tactics card. Add it to your hand. Shuffle your tactics deck. This card can be really, really good. However, if it's pulled late game, it can kind of be a dud. Um, if you've gone through your commander cards and then you draw into this card, it's literally, it's just a dead card. It doesn't really have any other effects. Um, so get it out of your hand, I guess. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, it can be a dead card. But when you draw into it early, it can be amazing to go get your commander's card that you need. Um, surprise strategy. Start of a friendly turn. Discard this card and one other card to return one card from your discard pile to your hand. If you control the letter, you only have to discard this card. Uh, surprise strategy is a really strong card. Um, playing against Roos or Ramsey, you're going to see it used potentially to recycle um, cruel methods and flayed men has no secrets. Possibly fear keeps a man alive depending on how the game is going. Uh, any card recursion effects are always really, really good. So potentially being able to play those cards four times is pretty stacked. Um, there's also a lot of merit to using this card to return adaptive methods and to return planning and insight, which I think are two phenomenal cards in the neutral deck. Uh, Spoils of War, start of a friendly turn. This is your standard quest card. You attach it to a friendly infantry or cavalry unit till the end of the game. While attached, each time an enemy in short range is destroyed, place one order token on this card. This unit's melee attacks gain the following bonus. Bases, based on the number of order tokens, the effects are cumulative. At one token before rolling attack dice, the defender becomes vulnerable. At two tokens, you gain plus one to hit. It's, it's nasty. Um, you, if you get this card out early and get it on a unit of Flademen, and they're able to get a kill you know, on a, a fodder unit or, or whatever the case may be, Ever after, they're making you vulnerable with every attack is pretty gross when it comes to Flademen. So uh, this is another one. It kind of hinges on, you know, when it comes down, with what the timing is. It can either be a quest card that doesn't see fulfillment, or it can be a card that gets off early, and then yeah, whatever unit that has it is just terrorizing your army afterwards. So in my opinion, the neutral deck is really good. It's hard to do a review and, and and help you to understand how strong this deck is. It's one that you either have to play against, play as, or both to really appreciate and understand just how devastating it can be. Um, the neutrals, uh, when you're playing Boltons in particular, generally it's just attack, 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 lay into them with panic damage. And there are cards, and you know, as we've mentioned, that make that happen, adaptive, adaptive methods to place vulnerable tokens on you before you attack or a panic token to bolster that flayed men giga vicious or the, even the cutthroats who place a vulnerable if you haven't activated giving them a panic token to work with is really nice it's also a good way to dump weakened tokens to keep your units uh, alive in a prolonged engagement um, so there are definitely some ways that the neutrals can can kind of make you pay um, particularly if you don't know what their cards do and, and you just can't you just don't if you don't have the knowledge they're able to surprise you with some of these cards and being caught off guard is always a bad situation i rate the neutrals deck maybe top three top four um i put it you know a little bit behind free folk martels i would debate that it's kind of on the level with night's watch i just think it's a phenomenal deck
So let's get straight into Ramsey Snow's tactics cards. I think Ramsey is a great commander. One of the reasons that I think Ramsey is a great commander is because if you take Ramsey as your commander, you're able to take Roos NCU, who is not just a great NCU for neutrals anyway. Roos is very important to make Ramsey tick. So you're able to take Roos, Peter Baelish, and then if you want to run a third NCU, you can take Tycho or Varus or however you want to mix that in. But uh, if you want to run three NCUs, it, it's nearly impossible because the only other four-pointer besides Roos and Peter is Walter Frey, and I just don't really suggest running three NCU Walter Frey. Um, that said, let's go into Ramsey's cards. Our blades are sharp when a friendly unit is performing a melee attack before rolling attack dice. If the defender is panicked, this attack gains precision. If the, defend, if the defender is panicked and the attacker is a House Bolton unit, this attack may reroll any attack dice. So the old version of this card from 1.6, I think it gave you like plus one to hit maybe and plus two attack dice if you were Boltons or something like that. It was a really, really, really nasty card. And so when this version came out, there was a little bit of grumbling about this card. Um, I'm going to be the guy on the fence that says that this is not <laughs> this is not a bad card. Uh, precision is so important in this game. Uh, rerolls are so important in this game. I love this version of the card. I think it's phenomenal. Um, so circling back to some of the things that you can do with adaptive methods and then bringing in Roos NCU. So what you can actually do is you can start your turn. You can take a panic token that's already on them and turn that into a vulnerable token. And then you can put Roos on the swords, drop the panic token back on them, and trigger our blades are sharp. That's going to be a devastating attack that maybe they didn't anticipate coming, but that's because of your ability to swap tokens with adaptive methods. So it can be really, really strong. Uh, you can also use Ramsey's Cruel Methods cards, which we'll get to. Um, you can use that card to heal two and then put a vulnerable and a weakened on them, I believe. Um, no, you couldn't heal two and put both tokens, but you could heal two and put a vulnerable token on them and then take Roos and put that panic token right back to trigger our blades are sharp. So those are a couple of plays to look out for. I they, They're really devastating. If it's Flademan starting a turn engaged and they're getting rerolls precision and you're vulnerable and panicked, it's going to be heavy damage, possibly a kill, depending on what it is. Um, moving on to Cruel Methods, this is kind of the... This is kind of the card that gets the most attention because it allows flayed men, cutthroats, bastards, girls, whatever it is, to heal four. And then when you have surprise strategy, you are able to potentially play this card four times. You can get meticulous planning to go fish this card out. This is probably the premier card for Ramsey when you're running an old Bolton list. Um, start of any turn, target one enemy combat unit. You may expend one panic token from them. If you do, choose two. One House Bolton unit in long range restores two wounds. This may be selected multiple times. That's why you can heal four. That enemy becomes vulnerable. That enemy becomes weakened. For the most part, I think people view this as just a heal card. However, in the circumstances that I've mentioned, there is merit to placing that vulnerable token. In a grind, there could be merit to placing a weakened token on them. Is a weakened token going to net you more wounds saved than just healing two? Uh, potentially, yeah. I mean, especially if they're hitting on fours. It's, it's it's worth doing the weakened token if you're anticipating that unit attacking you. You put a weakened token on them and heal two, and I think overall you're going to save more wounds. Moving on, sadistic games. Your opponent chooses one. You select targets only after they choose. Target up to two enemy combat units, they become panicked. Target one engaged enemy, it suffers two hits plus one hit for each remaining rank in all House Bolton units it is engaged with. 
So the tricky thing with this card is it gener it, it really only works if you're engaged. Um, if you're not engaged with something, they're just going to pick the second effect that does nothing. So it can be a little bit difficult to get this card out and get it set up. But generally what I find happens is they're engaged with, you know, a unit that has two or three ranks. They don't want to deal with the four hits. They take the panic tokens. I'm just going to tell you, as scary as taking four or five hits is, unless you're engaged with two Bolton units and you're looking at, like, you know, it suffers two hits plus one for each remaining rank in all House Bolton units, so maybe eight hits or something like that, then, of course, you take the panic tokens. But honestly, I think in most cases, you're better to take the four or five hits because panic tokens are so strong when the Bolton faction has so much vicious and the flayed men have intimidating presence. I think you're better to just take the risk with the hits most of the time than give them two more panic tokens to push damage. Additionally, Ramsey needs panic tokens for his cards to work. So just something to keep in mind. Of course, you're going to have to gauge it by the situation, but I genuinely think that a lot of times it's better to risk the hits. So moving on to Roos Commander. Uh, most people know Roos's Commander. Um, he's played in a lot of factions, but we'll go ahead and go over this anyway. A flayed man has no secrets. When a unit is targeted by an ability or tactics card, you may expend one condition token from an enemy in long range of that unit. If you do, cancel the effects of that ability or tactic card. And we already know that this is really good. It's like, if your opponent brings Tycho, you can paralyze them from ever using Tycho. If any of their units have a condition token, it's a pretty scary prospect to try to use Tycho in case they have this card in hand, because if they cancel, if they remove a token to cancel Tycho, the whole thing is canceled. Uh, you know, it's not just on the unit that gets targeted. It's boom, the whole thing's gone. All five, all five wounds healed. Um, I think it's just a really flexible control card. Um, and it's so flexible because it's, you know, it's canceling an ability or a tactics card. So that opens up the, the number of things that it can cancel opens up to a huge amount. Um, you can cancel Windermere heals. You can cancel like NCU influences, all kinds of stuff with this card that you wouldn't normally be able to cancel with things like counter strategy because this is not limited to cards and orders. A phenomenal card. Again, circling back to adaptive methods. This is another card that is empowered because that card exists in the deck. Even if you're playing like Catlin or Daenerys or Ilaria who have a tendency to get those condition tokens off. Um, the Bolton player can then take condition tokens off himself and put them on you to be able to trigger this card. Fear keeps a man alive. When an enemy fails panic test, target any number of friendly house Bolton units in long range. For each wound caused by this panic test, restore that many wounds total across these units. So for starters, you're able to split the heal up, which is huge. Um, you can heal like two to this unit, two to this unit, however you want to do it. Um, this card becomes kind of scary because with Ruse having spread fear that is a modified panic test with plus one wound and the fact that Ramsey attachment and Flademan have intimidating presence you can suddenly spread fear with a d3 plus two assuming you have the panic tokens out you can get them to max fail for five they lose five and then you can turn around and heal five it's a huge swing it's uh, you know similar to Lannisters with Lannister Supremacy and Fealty and High Sparrow NCU. These are just massive panic swings that that can really just change the game. You take five, I heal five. That's that's really really game changing. So this is a very strong card. 
Uh, Whispered Threats. When an enemy NCU activates, if that NCU claims a zone this turn, after resolving that zone's effect, target one enemy combat unit, they become vulnerable. Then target one enemy combat unit, they become panicked. Of course, you can put both tokens on the same unit. So this is this is also a strong card. Um, when you're playing against neutrals, you're going to have to gauge the situation um, as to whether you just pass with your NCU or not. It depends on how important that moment is when you activate. More often than not, just push through the panning and vulnerable tokens, go ahead and take the zone, continue with your plan, and try to get rid of the neutrals. So, uh, particularly with a Roost list, you're seeing either, like, double flayed men and two units of cutthroats, or, you know, you might see a unit of blackguard and a cutthroat and a flayed men and a bastard's girl. It, it kind of depends. But Roost is kind of about some some control with his cards, but Everything really hinges around Bruce's attachment. Um, having intimidating presence and spread fear, you've got to get that Roost train rolling uh, for this unit, for the list with Roost to really shine. So if you're playing against uh, a neutrals list with Roost commander, I really strongly suggest that you try to get rid of Roost. Even if it means that maybe you get countercharged, if you can wipe Roost off of the table, you take away so much that this list wants to do. So I strongly suggest making it a point to get rid of Roos if possible. He is very, very scary. Ignoring him and letting him get engaged on his terms later, you're probably going to pay a very, very steep price for that. Um, as far as Ramsey's attachment goes, he's got Reek. He's going to dump panic tokens on you as long as he's alive. Uh, he's got Horrific Visage, so putting him in Blaggard, I still like it, even though you double up on Horrific Visage, just because you've got a defensive unit that can go in the middle and start dumping those Panic Tokens out. Um, you can try to get rid of Ramsey. It's a, I think it's more difficult to get rid of Ramsey than Roost, because Ramsey's cards to heal can happen on uh, on his terms. He, You don't have to fail the Panic Test. He can just spend the token whenever and heal four wounds. So um, That said, they rely heavily on Panic. And again, they're mostly just an attack faction. Ramsey can play a little bit of a grind and survive kind of style. Um, Mark Rupp, shouting you out, very, very well-known neutrals player. He plays Ramsey in a grind style. He sends Bastards Girls, one Cutthroats, and the Flayed Men into combat. And then he relies on the tricks from the neutrals deck. And he relies on Ramsey's healing to slow you down enough from killing those heavy hitters that his other units can sit on objectives and score. Of course, we know if, if you remember Adepticon last year, he plays the six combat unit, one NCU Roost list. It's very, very good in uh, five token missions. If he can slow you down from killing those heavy hitters, if he manages to get a kill or two, you're probably in big trouble because the blackguard are holding a token and then two of the other units are, and he's fighting you with those other three. So just uh, something to watch out for if you end up facing Mark and he chooses to take neutrals again this year. Um, so one of the best things that you can do to slow down neutrals, obviously when I read through the cards, you notice that their zone to control is the letters. So Peter Baelish, as always, is a phenomenal NCU. He's a good answer to so many things. but when you're playing against neutrals, he can be great to go on the letters, block them from taking the letters. If you don't necessarily need the letters, you can use another effect. But um, taking the letters away from neutrals is very, very important. They're almost 
guaranteed. You know, depending on the list that they're running, they're they're probably running Baelish themselves, so they can use Baelish to own the letters in a in a critical round. But if the neutrals have the letters all six rounds, you're probably in a bad situation because those cards just get so much better when they own the letters. So keeping in mind there, it's not always your best idea to play around what zones your opponent needs. But I think in the case of neutrals, because it it neuters their deck so badly when they don't own the letters. You've got to try to get the letters away from them. Um, nothing has changed from 1.6 to now. It was the same thing in 1.6. You had to take the letters. Same case here. So uh, with that, we can kind of wrap up the neutrals review. These are going to be kind of quick hitters. Um, I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, I'm going to be doing more, uh, kind of reviewing some of the other factions' decks and what they want to do. And we'll get those posted as well to get you ready as much as we can for Adepticon. So uh, thanks again for listening. Bye-bye.